Hi everyone, my name is Dahlia and I'm originally from Hong Kong living in the United States. Welcome to Romantic Truth. Please be advised that the content of the show is for adults 18 years of age and older due to subject matter. Without further ado, here is your host, Zhao Sun. Hi everyone, Jelson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, keeping it real, baby. Well, what we got for you today is Brenda has left another message, for those of you who can't remember. She was the woman that said she had given up on men and she was going to go to women. Well, unfortunately, what happened with her? The woman she got with in her, I guess, same-sex relationship was also already pregnant by a trans woman. And so she's finding this out. And so she left her message. Poor child. We also have um, an excerpt from Men Need to Be Heard on TikTok. And I thought this was very interesting. The reason being, he is... Uh, Going through what I've been telling you for the longest about these dating coaches, female dating coaches, and male dating coaches, because they both do the same thing. You have to be money, not you. And some of the <laughs> things that they're telling people. So we're going to take a look at that. Now, what we're going to talk about first today, however, has to do with the subject of dealing with an insecure partner. Now, we've examined this before, but we're going to go over a little bit more detail. Of course, one of the main things that an insecure partner looks for is validation someone to give them a stamp of approval to make sure they're doing the right thing make sure they look good make sure they're acceptable giving them praise whether it's undue or not recognition of some sort so they feel better about themselves excuse me Jealousy plays a role in that as well. Meaning that this individual may be jealous of other people's relationships. They may be jealous of you, a talent you may have, a notoriety you may have. And they feel as though they're threatened because they're afraid that you're going to leave them because of that talent or that ability that you have. You're going to leave them in the dust. And so naturally, in order to try to corral you. They will tell you what you can't do, what you're not good at. They're going to try to find flaws in you. And this is, of course, a form of control. As I told you before, one of the toughest things in life is to control your own life because they're going to try to control it for you if you're not careful. They being anyone that you come into contact with, friends, family, you name it. Now, 
they're very sensitive to criticism. And this means that, even if it's constructive criticism, you know, um, that dress may not look so well on you because it's not cut right. They will take that and run with it. You have committed an offense as they're concerned. So, they don't want to be told anything that would probably put them in the right direction for their own benefit. They don't see it that way. They see it as you picking on them. And they don't want that. Now, this may come from childhood. This may come from bad relationships. This may come from even the workplace where they may have an inferiority complex. It varies where the sources are. But we know one thing for sure. When you have people with some of these characteristics that you're getting ready to start dating, you might need to take notice. This means that you go on your first date and the waitress comes over and asks you guys what you would like to order. Then after you order, she's all smiles and giggles with the waitress. And after, after she leaves, well, you want her. You, you, I saw the way you guys were looking at each other. That kind of thing. <clears throat> you don't want to deal with that. Because that's going to escalate into something that you're not going to be able to deal with in a relationship. Judgment is one thing you try to avoid. You know, the people that say, don't judge me, when they say, don't judge me, don't trust them. As I told you before, they're gonna do something fucked up. That's the reason why you don't trust them. It's something they're ashamed of that they're gonna do. And usually it has something to do with that insecurity they have. Now, Many of them have trust issues. So, you go on a date, and you guys arrange a second. And take for instance, you text them to make sure they made it home, okay? She texts you back, oh, thank you for texting me. And then the next morning, you get this mean text. Why haven't you texted me to wish me good morning? red flag fellas don't think she's trying to bring you in because she loves you she's trying to bring you in because she's trying to control you the next thing you're going to have to concern yourself with with these folks they may have a fear of being alone a fear of abandonment so they might have just gotten out of a relationship because the person saw through them and said, hey, I can't do this shit. So instead of this person being alone, they're like, well, I gotta find somebody to fill that void. I don't like being by myself. Now, a lot of times these people don't like themselves. So this is the reason why they have to preoccupy themselves with others. Try to keep things going. Now, if they're displaying 
these eight characteristics, there's a good possibility you might be dealing with someone that's insecure. Now, what are some of the things that are associated with that? One of them will be false accusations. I think you cheated on me. And let me tell you how that insecurity can work against them. They may be convinced you cheated on them and you didn't. But it justifies in their mind for them to go out and cheat with someone else. And the reason why they're cheating, they don't want to be left alone. So they're going to find someone else to go to in the event you are cheating. Managing your insecurities, we all have them. Very difficult to do for some people because they're afraid of They're afraid of not feeding the monster. They're afraid that if they don't feed the monster, then they'll wind up in a bad situation. And usually they'll do anyway. You will find these people are quick tempered a lot of times. They may make a snap judgment and then regret it and they'll cry their way out of it. They want to break up with you, they break up with you, bam! Then they're texting you back or calling you back, trying to reconcile. Making up every excuse in the world. Self-gratification is something they go for first. They're going to have a constant need. So don't be surprised if this person's asking you to text them 24-7. Why don't you text me while you were at work? Why don't you text me when you went to lunch? What did you eat for lunch? And you will find that many of these people will preoccupy your time just so that they feel reassured that you're not cheating on them. So you get on the phone and you have that phone call and you just, after a while you talk about everything you talk about, then it's just dead air. But she doesn't want you to hang up. Or he doesn't want you to hang up. Because it's all about feeding that insecurity. So they want the terms in the relationship favoring them more so than you because you're nothing more than a prop for their emotions because you are experiencing what is called emotional usury. People try to do it on the show all the time. Want to start a relationship and come out with this bullshit about things that they're dealing with. Their feelings. Like other people don't have issues. But what they're coming for is more to be sustained more so than looking for a relationship. I send those people to the Coliseum. Now, metaphorically, of course, you will also find that these people may be very anxious, self-conscious, worried about Things that most people won't worry about. Is my lipstick okay? Is my yes, you're fine. You sure? Yeah, you're fine. So you take about a hand and you go into 
an establishment. I saw you looking at her. That's because her hair is better than mine. Once she starts that, it's not gonna stop. It's not gonna stop. Now, the other thing you're gonna have to deal with They're not going to want to deal with too many sensitive conversations. They don't want to talk about their past usually because they have a treasure trove of bad experiences and it's usually caused by them. So you'll be dealing with that as well. And as I told you before, they're going to take up a lot of your time. They're going to hate being alone. And they're going to have double standards, false standards. They're going to try to hold you to a higher standard of morality than they have. Even if they cheat. Don't you trust me? But that person would never say I trust you. And there's a reason for that. Because they don't. They're going to try to project your insecurities their insecurities onto you. They're going to always do that. They're going to start with incremental demands and they're going to increase over time. Why can't you change your schedule and get home at 5 instead of 6 o'clock? I want to see more of you. So you're going to adjust it. You know, you should quit that job. You need to get a job where you can work in, work from home. Again, consuming your time. What are they going for? They're going for control. See, they want to control something that won't leave them. And that's what you have to consider. They want to have a captive audience of sorts. She might even try to get pregnant or try to have some staple in the relationship where the partner won't be able to leave so readily. The next thing. She expects to be appeased and pleased. When you start doing this, what you've done now, you have laid down the framework for her to come at you in any kind of way when it comes down to her demands. You know, you need to work a little bit more overtime because I saw this uh, card that I want us to get. Because what do people protect? Their insecurities and their addictions. They're like secret service on those two. The next thing. They like to marginalize things. And this means that you, as her partner, you're game for that if she sees it. I'm telling you what you can't do because you don't have the skill set, you don't have the ability 
Because the whole thing it comes down to, eventually she would like to isolate you. And well, ladies, you know men do this regularly. Same thing I'm talking about here. Insecure men do the exact same thing. The only thing is, they fall more on their macho persona in order to do it. These are franchise of fear. Now, here's the thing. When it comes down to getting to a point of marginalizing the guy, shouldn't want him to quit his job per se. But what she's looking for is a level of loyalty that's abnormal. We're talking about you being loyal to a fault. You being so loyal until it works against you in your best interest in every other way. It puts you at a disadvantage. And this is something you're gonna have to really concern yourself with. And you don't wanna let it go this far. Now, who are usually falling victim to these types of women? Guys that have not been around women that much. Oh, she could be the most attractive woman you've ever seen. She could still be insecure. As I told you before, the way most men get to an insecure woman is through criticism and judgment. You know that dress would look pretty nice on you if you lost about eight pounds. How dare you? He triggered what he wanted, a response. Now he has a back and forth conversation. The only thing he has to do now is keep hopping on that insecurity to make her feel bad about herself, where she's crying or where she's really upset. And that's where he wants her. Because at this point he could pull it back and just apologize. Because what he's doing is, he's actually taking advantage of her and she doesn't realize it. Because what he's gonna do is position himself emotionally where she can't touch him. So, what does this mean, ladies? Many of you know, as you have matured, yeah, you have some concerns and some insecurities about your physical presence, aging, and that kind of thing. But you're more comfortable in many cases with who you are based on what you've been through compared to a lot of younger women who haven't had that exposure or that wisdom. And so it impacts them a lot more. I'll never forget in high school, it was this lady I want to talk to, this girl I want to talk to, her name is Tammy. Beautiful woman. She had frosted hair. And she tanned real good during the summer. Gorgeous woman. I was ready to talk to her. I just knew I'd get cut down. I was still in high school. And then, uh, so I'm on Facebook and we got the chatting. And I told her, I said, you know, I had a crush on you in high school. She said, damn it, why didn't you tell me? I would have dated you. 
And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you mean I missed out on all that time? <laughs> but then again, my life would have taken a different path. But these are some of the things that you have to look at when you're assessing whether or not you're going to date someone. The one thing you have to look for, you're looking for controlling characteristics first. Is this person trying to direct you in a way without your consent? Like when Monica and I went to that steakhouse that night and the date that was across from us, she was looking through the menu like he was and she was getting ready to get something. He's like, oh no, you don't want that. Uh, they have they have this right here. I'm getting this. This is what you're getting too. Now, let me explain a couple of things too. Ladies, you know when that man <laughs> takes you on a date and you get there and you're going through the menu and now all of a sudden he's telling you what you can and can't get. He's insecure. Because he's afraid that it might be more than he can hang. See, fellas, before you take a woman out, like you're going to take out to a nice restaurant later on after you got to know her, what you want to do is to find out what the most expensive item on the menu is and factor it down from there. Don't forget to include gratuity. Now, Here's the other thing. A woman who's considerate of you, she's never going to order the most expensive thing on the menu. A woman that doesn't give a shit about you is going to order the most expensive thing on the menu. Because you're just like the lady that you're going to hear about. The way she treats men. They're going in the back hands. the way she coaches women to treat men. But see, here's the thing. That woman that gives a damn about you, oh, she may have some coupons. She may offer to pay to gratuity. See, it's not so much her paying as long as she offers. Take that as a compliment because most women will not. The other thing that may happen since you did that, let me pay for this, or let me take you out next time. If she says something like that, make sure you ask her. You sure it won't be, you know, tough on your budget. Or well, no, no. Also, fellas, if she offers to go Dutch on the date, she may say something like, you know, it's rather pricey here, so I'll tell you what, let's go Dutch because uh, what I'm going to order is a little bit more expensive. And I don't want to berate you or anything. I just want to make sure that, you know, there's no problem and I can order what I'd like to order. Don't take money. Yeah. We'll talk more, folks, in just a moment. As soon as I can find my damn mouse. 
Damn it, where did it go? fucking with men after having my heart broken so many times even though it took a while for me to get used to being with a woman I've made that choice and I'm standing by it I would never deal with a man again hi Jowson it's Brenda again I have to eat my words yuck I swore off men because they cheat why is it that I began a lesbian relationship and she's now pregnant by a trans woman. You mean to tell me that I can't find a man or woman who won't cheat on me? Fuck it. I'm going to become a nun. All together now. Repeat after me. We've been bullshitted again. Well, 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 Brenda. The only thing I can say is, yes, you're eating your words. You're eating the nouns, the verbs, pronouns, syllables, and everything else. Participles included. Now, dear, the problem is you. It's you. And the reason why I say this in particular is because there's something about you that's not gelling with other people. And more than likely, it has more to do with the way you carry yourselves in a relationship. Now, I'm sure this is not the first time, second time, third, fourth, fifth time this has happened. It's from you airing your frustration about men in general. Men, women, transgender people aren't the problem. You are. Don't put yourself in the mindset of being a victim, because that's where you're going. Why are you punishing yourself by not being around anyone else? Nobody's paying that price for you. Here's the thing you need to really consider. Why are you doing this? You're going from one relationship to the next. Just because you can't find peace. That's what it comes down to. In some ways, you probably are so accustomed to being miserable that this is your companion. Now, you don't have to follow that. The only thing that would need to happen here is for you to self-evaluate. You have some issues you're dealing with in the past. You may need to go to counseling just to sort those things out. I have a feeling you're one of these people that rush right into a relationship too soon. You get out of one, you rush into another one, and you know what it is, steal the hurt, the pain. And you know, there may be a sense of validation that you're seeking as well. The one thing that I'll tell you is that you already know that just from 
and corresponding here. We've already killed off two relationships. And it seems like your vetting process is very weak. Your vetting game is very weak. And why do I say this in particular? Just by some of the things that you have disclosed. Because I think you were more concerned about not being alone than dealing with the person you decided to get within a relationship. So the quality of your choices was like that's the reason why you're making poor choices. And that's a reflection on you and your standards and your requirements. Now, should you be damned to hell or anything like that for that? No, of course not. Something that happens. But the thing I would tell you, you might really want to take some time and find out what's important to you, even what you seek out of a relationship. Now, I know you're thinking, well, why is he dumping on me? Why is it always me? Well, another question would be, why would it not be you? Because, see, so often what we do with relationships, we want to blame the other party. It makes us feel better. It makes us feel as though we've been vindicated. And then all we have to do is go into another relationship and get somebody that agrees with us. And then we think we got everything all sold up in our favor. And that's not the case at all, my dear. You could keep fooling yourself, but you're going to still wind up going in these circular firing squads. It's best to figure it out. Now, you sound young. I don't know how old you are. But you have time. Now, just imagine you grew much older, like in your 50s or 60s. And you were dealing with this. That'd be a hell of a place to be in. What I would just say to you, if I were in your shoes, I'd really reevaluate one, the vetting process. Finding out more about the person. Number two. Slow down and take your time. And number three, get rid of that anger. That's not an attractive thing. One of the worst things you could do, you know, they used to always tell you not to go to the grocery store hungry. Or you don't go looking for a relationship when you're angry. What are you going to attract? The very people that exploit angry people. They're using logic, you're using your feelings. They have the advantage. Good luck with you. I sent you an invite if you care to come on the show. You're most definitely welcome. Now, what I'm about to play 
is an excerpt that was in my um, feed for TikTok. And then the gentleman is pretty cool. He's got his head on straight. And uh, if you care to follow him, I'll listen to more of his stuff. It's men need to be heard. Now, he deals with a lot of uh, issues, you know, gender, men and women, that kind of thing. But in this particular excerpt, he's doing what I started to do a while back and quit doing because uh, many of the people wanted to come on the show that were these dating coaches and I didn't want to make it a dating coach um, free-for-all, so to speak. Where, you know, you have one, then you have two, then you have three, then you have four. Because here's the thing. As you know, I don't call myself a guru. I don't call myself a dating coach. I don't call myself a life coach. Because it's tough enough running your own life. Now, I can point out some things that'll help you along the way, and that's what we do here. But some of these people are doing it for money, recognition, clout, validation, because they didn't do much in their other lives. There's one person I know that's on TikTok that's uh, giving dating, dating advice, and this person has never had a job in their lives. And much of the dating advice is horrible. That's the reason why this person's inbox is always filled with hate mail. But here's the thing. He goes through one by one and he counters some of the things she talks about. Now, ladies, you know I have talked to you about materialism to the nth degree and how it can work against you. Let's take a glimpse at what some of the women are taught by some of these dating coaches, shall we? And I'll be back with my comments after. Where is Marcus Aurelius when you need him? So it's been a while since I've done one of my give and takes with a dating coach. And one of my followers sent me the following video with the comment, this has to be seen to be believed. And he suggested that I do a give and take, but to do it without watching the video first, to do a blind react. So that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Let's dive in. So I have a very business approach when it comes to dating men. A business approach? Oh boy, I can see where this is headed. When I'm unsure whether I should go on a date with a guy, there are two components of the equation that help me determine whether he's worth my time. Well, based on the millions of videos from women on this platform about dating, it's pretty safe to say the two things are, how hot is he? And of course, how much money does he have? The first part of the equation is to calculate what is my hourly rate. Wait, what? Hourly rate? Um, does someone want to tell her? The second part, is to calculate the total amount of hours I need to be on the date from the moment I leave the house to the time I come back. <laughs> oh my, I did not expect this to be going where it's going. She clearly wasn't kidding when she said, this is a business transaction to her, but please continue. And in those hours, do I get the return on investment or am I just losing money with my time? Wait, what? Who's the customer? And who's the business in this transaction? I 
swear to God, this is getting worse by the second. So with my current business, I'm making $1,500 an hour. Oh my God. 1500 an hour is what you're worth, huh? Well, I guess that's subjective. But for that kind of money, I better get Giselle Bunchen or Heidi Klum. But please continue. So my time is precious. So if I take two hours to get ready, one hour commute to go to the city, and roughly, let's say, three hours to have dinner with the guy, that is at least six hours of my time. So we're already in the hole for nine grand, and what have we gotten out of it? Dinner and maybe some conversation? Doesn't seem like a good value to me so far. Six times $1,500, that is $9,000 opportunity cost that I could be spending on my business. Sounds more like to me that your business is more like an opportunity cost for the poor guy that's trying to go out with you. Are you telling me that a guy is worth $9,000? Who cares what the guy's worth? He's the buyer in this little transaction. What are you selling for $9,000? Cause let me tell you so far, I haven't seen anything worth $9, let alone 9,000, but go on. Ladies, it's 2023 and you need to be smart with your time. You need to treat every day like a business and see everything you do as a return on investment. Ladies, I'm gonna try and be as polite as possible right now. And I mean, no disrespect to her. But please, for the love of God, do not take her advice. Because every guy watching this right now isn't seeing her as relationship or marriage material. They're seeing her as, well, the oldest profession in the world. Now, I guess if that's how you want to be viewed, then by all means. But if you think men are going to seek a relationship from someone like this, you're dreaming. Because you're not going to be hot forever. Well, she's not wrong on that, so I guess you better cash in while you can. Men are visual creatures, they fall in love with what they see, and women are emotional creatures. We fall in love with what we hear. And in this particular case, what she wants to hear is, yes, I can afford you at $1,500 an hour. Oh my. That's why men lie, and that's why women wear makeup. Now, I've done a few of these over the years, but I gotta tell you, this one takes the cake for me. She's literally advising women she coaches to become prostitutes. Now, to be clear, I don't think that's her intention. I don't think she really realizes what she's saying and how guys are going to interpret it. To see everything as a business transaction, to charge money for their time and companionship. Now, before y'all go screaming, I know she doesn't exactly say that, but trust me, that's what she means. Now, you might think this is a joke or something, it's not. The comments on her video literally show she means what she says. She thinks she's worth $1,500 an hour and she expects it. And if you notice, nowhere in there, not even one time, did she ever say what you're going to get in return other than her, well, accompaniment. Now, I'm not going to diss her or anything like that, but I am going to say this. Gentlemen, if you fall for something like this, if you pay a woman for her time, well, that's on you, not her, because she's only trying to get what she can get. This is not a high value woman. This is not someone you wanna marry, let alone date, because as she made abundantly clear, this is nothing more than a business transaction to her. You are a wallet, not something to be loved, not something to be a companion or a friend with, one she can extract as much as possible from and then Dump. Make no mistake about it. Unless you're looking for that certain kind of, well, date. 
But trust me, my friends, $1,500 an hour will get you a hell of a lot better than this. My mind is honestly blown. Is this really how today's women think? Have they reached? Ma'am, you can't go to the meat department at Kroger's and ask for Amazon Prime. It's not a cut of meat. Well, folks, you heard it. Need I say more? Now, if you want, you could also follow uh, him at um, Men Need to Be Heard on um, TikTok. Now, here's the thing, folks. I saw the woman in the video. Typical Asian woman, nothing really special. Nothing special. She's trying to attach a value to her that she doesn't have. Really? $9,000 for a day? I want you to think about that for a moment. $1,500 an hour. You have some CEOs that don't make that much. You have some people that don't even get that in interest off their investments. And the sad thing about it, People are buying into it. Now, who will be the men that would date a woman like that? It's going to be the gamma male. Remember what I told you about the gamma male. He's the individual that makes good money, very good money. But he lacks interpersonal skill. He lacks confidence. And he thinks he can buy his way into anything. So instead of really trying to develop a relationship with a lady through organic means where you guys talk and see whether or not you guys could have a future together. He would rather go and throw out a whole bunch of money and say you owe it. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. $9,000 for a day. You can go to any metropolitan city and if you just wanted a prostitute, you can get the best prostitute for about maybe 3,500 at best. Delusion. This is what I mean by talking about women being delusional sometimes. Now, of course, we're not talking about all women, but what I am saying is that, unfortunately, there are some women with low self-esteem and their self-esteem is so low that something like this appeals to them and they're gonna actually fight it. This is what I told you about, the culture of people buying books and wanting subscriptions and all of this other stuff. And this is what you're contending with when it comes down to that. And it's sad. And some of you ladies may see now why some of the men act the way they do, because they run across women like this. They really do. Now she has hypergamy to the highest degree. But here's the problem. She doesn't measure up to what she's asking for. And that's the key. As I told you before, I sat in and listened to one of the uh, dating coaching uh, segments of this other coach. And she was telling the women, he has that $300,000 liquid. He doesn't have all assets worth about $3 million. And she had a whole laundry list of things. 
at who was in this room, where they were doing it, single moms. Women that basically are trying to scratch off a lottery ticket for a man. Trying to hit it lucky, trying to hit it big. You didn't hear anything about a character. You didn't hear anything about quality. You didn't hear anything about any interaction. It was transaction, as she said. You come out better, fellas, taking a risk at work. Talking to a lady at work over something like this. So, the guys she's going to wind up with, they're going to be those guys. There's another lady on uh, TikTok that tells men to become simps. She literally tells them that because she says simps are the most attractive men. To who? Most of you ladies would not respect a simp. Simple, impotent male prototype. In other words, a man that you pretty much can tell him what to do. He'll do it. He'll agree with you on everything. And you're going to ask at one point, where's his spinal column? How does he stand up? So that can uh, become an issue in itself as well. But if you subscribe to this kind of thinking, and if you're wondering why you have a hard time getting a man, getting a quote-unquote high-value man, this is part of the problem. Because see, what it looks like, it looks like a woman would come to a man begging. And what does she have at her advantage? Her ego is stroked. Oh, I turned down a man that was this or that. You know, it used to be funny. Monica would have these uh, friends of hers that would say, oh yeah, I turned him down. He was only, you know, worth about 10, 15 million dollars. And Monica and I would look at each other and just start laughing. Oh yes, well, you know, he has a private jet. And we'd look at each other and start laughing. And they never could understand why. And she brought it up. She said, you know, they're looking for a man with money. And I'm a woman who has money. And I sought out a man that I love. And because he didn't have money, I didn't care. It was so ironic. But... You never know. You never know, these folks. But the one thing to keep in mind, ladies, is this. Men can see through this a mile away. The only guys that are going to be attracted to a woman like this that she's in status in order to discriminate and filter out are going to be men with low self-esteem. That's it. But see, the way they make money is they give you this false sense of exaggerated value. 
And that is what gets them buying books, going to seminars, going to retreats. Because see, with all of these franchises, whether it's real estate or whatever, many of them make the money off of you learning and studying. It's up to you whether or not you're going to do it. They've already become rich again in their own. Why do you think I don't charge a subscription to this show? Thinking is free, isn't it? It's sad. It's really sad. And you know, it's funny. I go on TikTok, and I hear a lot of things from the show that people are using now. And that's okay. There's a guy that wrote a book, and he uses some of the things out of. Well, fine with me. And by the way, folks, those of you asking, I'm still working on the book, here and there. It's not a committed thing. I'm like every night. But you don't want to fall into that trap door. Now, here's the problem: if a woman like this doesn't grow out of this by the time she's 40, or at least 35, she's gonna be shit out of luck later on in life. Now, fellows, there's another type of woman you'll encounter. This will be a woman that might have、um, had children, and in her younger days, and got very accustomed to being on WIC or some sort of public assistance, food stamps, getting the child support. And she may get comfortable doing that, and it transitions all the way until those kids get older. And then once she's, once they're older and gone, she may find herself hunting for a man in order to take care of them. You got to be careful with that too, because you have some people that feel as though they're entitled, because. Well, they had government assistance to help them, and now that they're not going to deal with that anymore, they may even try to get help their daughters who have kids to stay at home and have the kids there so they can get checks for all kind of stuff. You may run across that every once in a while. Don't ask any questions. Leave it. You'd benefit greatly. By leaving it, because see, old habits are hard to change. This is one of the ways people waste a lot of time dealing with relationships, trying to deal with them, changing, trying to help them change, trying to make them change, trying to believe in them changing. This got to be something voluntary, and a lot of people don't like that because they want to fix people. And、you can't do that all the time. Sometimes you gotta leave people broken because that's the way they want to be. I know it may not be comfortable for you, and you really like that person. And if they would just do this, hmm, they don't have to do anything. And then this is how many of you wind up being a fool for that person because you start accepting conditions that were unacceptable to you. Again, lowering the velvet rope to let that person in. And then you get pissed off when things don't go your way, 
after that person's in your life. Start talking about what you could have, what you should have done, what you could have gotten better, what you could have done better, and how you settled. It's always a good point to pause before you have that little thing that taps you on the shoulder and say, are you making a mistake? You might want to pause and think about that for a moment before you go through with it. Just tell me. Now what this also smacks up is a sense of insecurity. And guys, I will always tell you, women who make demands like these, more than likely they came from a meager to poor background. If you ever have it, have the opportunity to date a woman of means, trust and believe. You will never hear those words. You never hear her talking about an hourly wage. You never hear her talking about anything like that. They'll be focused on the relationship because they're into you. That's the way it works. things that are associated with insecure partners that you'll contend with. They look for external validation usually. See, at first they want you because you're new as source for validation. And then after you, they want someone else who's not you to validate them. And the reason for this is because they're in a constant need for it. Now, there are some people that I used to refer to as needy movers. Needy movers are people that have to have a host like a parasite. They have to constantly be in a relationship, constantly feeding off of this person, their time, their emotions, their energy, their resources. And they're very difficult to deal with. This behavior is a pattern. It usually starts out incrementally, then it grows. The problem with some people with these patterns of behavior is so routine and they're so used to it that after a while, they don't even do the incremental buildup. They just go right into it. And then sometimes they'll catch themselves and say, wait, let me pull back a little bit and go back to what I was doing before because they have like a runaway training, so to speak. They get very comfortable with what they do. Now, another thing to factor in is this. People will literally put themselves in a situation where they can uh, be viewed as having a sense of power in regards to this. Take for instance, the person is pretty shy about getting into a relationship 
They don't want to get into one because they're afraid their feelings are going to be hurt. They may be left alone. Um, they can't trust anyone as they see it. They're going through the, this, that, and the third. So, in order to attract more people, so she'll have a variety of more variety. What she will do then is do something like, for instance, say, well, what I'm going to do is go on and say, I'll get on TikTok, I'll get on Snapchat, I'll get on any one of these platforms, and I'll vent about men. Well, she knows by doing that, what's going to happen? It's going to attract men that are going to counter her. But what is she looking for? She's looking for that guy that she can cling on to like a barnacle and control. She's turned out the gillnet. She's not going to these dating sites. She's going and doing it on social media. A lot of women are doing that. There's a lady on TikTok brags about how many guys want to screw her. She looks, she looks like the average woman you'd see in a 1970s bar dragging on a cigarette with the name Maggie, maybe. Yeah, she looks like she's been through it. And the only thing she does is slight men. Always talking about men, how negative men are. And what happens? These idiots follow her. And she calls them idiots. Calls them fools. I would never date one of you guys. But what does she want from him? The non-sexual attention to make her feel better. It's a cry for help. That's the majority of the attention that a lot of women want. Please validate me. Please look at me. Then you have the women that say, oh, you're going to look at me because I'm going to wear this dress and it's going to be cut up to here and it's going to be plunging down here. Oh, you're going to look at me. You're not going to ignore me. They make this statement. i never forget that New Year's party that Monica threw. And she had that damn... Roman dress, whatever the hell it was, with the plunging front, the plunging back. And I was like, whoa. She gonna hold my hand, whisper in my ear. I want you to lust after me all night. And then I just want you to ravage me. And I'm like, damn. The heel ravage. And she would always tell me, everything I wear is for you. She said, don't get me wrong, I like what I wear, but everything I wear, you're the first person to come to mind outside of me. And I appreciated that. Those fellas, some women dress for other men. Are you sure you'd be wearing that? Oh yeah, I look good in a donut. Yeah, you do. But she didn't want to say it's not for your ass, it's for them. 
Yeah. When it comes down to trust, what you will find, insecure people will double check on you. You tell them something, they're going to double check. However, ask something about them. How dare you question me? Of course, they're going to be defensive. Then they're going to go into victim mode. They're picking a little on me. They have it down to a science, and they know they know how to utilize that to the nth degree. The reason being, they've been kicked out of so many relationships throughout their lives. They know the story. They know many times that they're on limited time when they're with you before you figure them out. So you may be nothing but a way station for their emotions. Men and women do this. It's not gender specific. You see a lot more women do this than men. And the only reason for that is that Men get crucified for emoting, or sharing their insecurities. Now, other things besides the false accusations that many of you will more than likely encounter with these folks, where you're accused of being with someone when you're not, accused of being somewhere when you weren't or you weren't. And here's the thing you really have to watch with these folks, depending on how severe. When you start showing up at your job, becoming friends with your coworkers, there was a guy that I worked with, and he had started dating this lady. And at first, she would come up and bring lunch to him every day. And he thought that was nice, bring tuna casserole, that kind of stuff. And I mean, she cooked these dishes. And sometimes she would make enough for all of us. And we thought that was sweet. And then she started building relationships with some of our coworkers. But building them in a way that was kind of awkward. She would ask some of the other employees, what do you think about him? Talking about her man. She asked me the same question. So what do you think? How do you like working with him? He's a cool guy. Sure. Yeah, I'm positive. You guys are probably looking at all these women. Mm-hmm. And then he would tell me, and he'd get home. Next day, he'll say, man, you know what? She accused me of every woman in the office. It's not a good look. Then she got to the point where she wanted to quit the job. Hmm. I asked him, I said, where in that lady going to pay you that kind of money that they pay us here? He's like, well, that's true. I said, the only thing you're going to do is make a lateral move or make less money. 
And eventually, he had to have sheriffs to get him out, get her out of his house. And everything that she was so nice and pristine about, whew, that woman grew horns and fangs. Even nasty messages on co-workers' phone numbers and stuff. When they missed answering machines, it was really bad. You have to pick up on the signs early. Because, again, your tolerance is another person's acceptance. That's where they interpret it. Rejection is a very hard thing for them also. And take it personally. She may cry and treat you like you abused her. We say, hey, you know what? The relationship is not working. Oh, you're mean. You're emotionally abusive. I'm emotionally abusive just for breaking up with you. Yes. They'll go that route with you. And of course, the next person she meets, yeah, my ex was emotionally abusive to me. But wouldn't tell that because he hurt her feelings because they broke up. And you have the guy, of course, as I've always told you, who can't handle rejection. Now, fellas, let me tell you something about rejection. There are actually some women that get turned on when you accept the rejection without rebuttal. Literally, I've had that done before. You're not the kind of man I'd be interested in, lady told me. Okay. Why are you giving up so easy? It takes two people for a relationship. I was one of them. You weren't. I'm not going to be in a relationship by myself. So, who said anything about a relationship? We're just talking. I said, well, apparently you didn't want to talk to me, so. Say like me. You really gonna walk you damn straight I'm walking away. And then I got called a whip, pussy, and all that. <clears throat> Some women will play those games. But see what they want, what they like is they like the power of telling you no. Control. And then having the power of reeling you back in after they've told you no. Under their terms. See, some daddies teach their daughters that shit. You know, daddy is the no man in the house, right? And then the daughter sweet talks him into saying yes. Well, she does the same thing to men. And the guys fall for it. If a woman tells me no or rejects me, I'm not going to try to have any rebuttal. Thank you. Have a nice day. Boom. Gone. No need to explain. And they might say something. Oh, he butthurt or whatever. No, that's to make you feel good by saying that. I'm fine. You didn't have the capacity to hurt me because I don't know you. You're not entitled to my feelings. 
I never told a stranger had those. No one should. And it's really fucked up when you tell them, I know you would like for me to feel this way, but I don't feel this way because I fell short of your expectations. Maybe if you try with that guy over there, it might work, but not here. This, that, and the other sheep shit and peanut butter. But the one thing to keep in mind with these folks, you're going to find that it's going to be very difficult to deal with them on a regular basis. And when it comes down to communications, this is the problematic part communication and consideration. What they're going to do is they may shut down. That's your punishment. And they become inconsiderate. I want to think of themselves. Well, I needed some time to myself. That's to get attention. Because, see, you got to remember that insecurity is going to weigh heavy because they're protecting it. They're not dealing with it. They're not opening up. They're not sharing what they fear the most of being left, of being with someone they can't trust and being betrayed. of being cheated on again. So what they do is they posture themselves for the probability of that happening. And then in some cases, prepare themselves or even make sure that it does happen. So they will have justification. See, insecure people will also go so far as to self-sabotage relationship deliberately because their expectations in some cases are negative but they can cope with a negative situation believe it or not because that's what they're accustomed to that's what they're accustomed to I remember one time I met this lady at, at a bar in Los Angeles at the Hyatt Right across from the Montreal in the sunset. Took the bar there one night, and this lady came in from upstairs in the hotel. And she ordered a raw voice like I was drinking. And of course, she started in on how she hated her husband. And she went on that whole diatribe about him cheating everything else. And Many of our tenders listening to her, we're not really reacting. And she said, you wouldn't understand anyway because you're both men. And that was supposed to be the attention getter to give input to what she was done. We stayed silent. We look, he looked at me, I looked at him, he stayed silent. She started then trying to lighten up the conversation and change it. Well, you know, I'm only in Los Angeles for a week and blah, 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 blah. And we're like, oh, okay. And then she tried to bring the conversation back to her husband. We didn't want to hear it. Bartender got busy. I was studying my drink. But unfortunately for me, 
She was sitting next to me. So she wanted to know all these questions about men. And I said, well, I'm not every man. I can't answer every question for every man. What was her problem? She had been abused in her first marriage. In this marriage, she married for money. He has a mistress. And she had to deal with the fact that that's where he was the night she was at the Hyatt. He paid for her to stay in the hotel room. Wow. In the Hollywood Hills, he's screwing his mistress. She made it abundantly clear. I'm stuck. I'm not going to give up this lifestyle to be poor again. So I'll tolerate his cheating, but I don't like it. I hate it. I hate him. Hmm. Interesting. And I just asked him one question Is it worth it? She looked at me as if I had cut her throat. But she was used to complaining about the situation, but never really wanted to address it. That's the reason why I tell all you folks, when you're getting into a situation in a relationship and something is going below your standards or expectations, is it worth it? What are you compromising? Is compromise worth it? And the end result, would it be worth it? Let me tell you something. When you want a relationship to work, the two of you as a couple, oh, you'll figure out a way to make it work. Trust and believe you will. You will be able to do that on your own without counseling. If you really want it to work, and the two of you stick by what you agree on. But the hardest thing in the world is to break bad old habits. People would modify their behavior for a while and they would default back to the same old thing they were doing before. Or do things that is new to their partner but this person had been doing the whole time down low without the partner knowing. They had busted a teacher, I think she was in South Carolina recently. Online, I think she was on Snapchat posing as a 14-year-old kid. This one was 22 years old. Sending pictures of her body parts to kids in that same peer group. And of course, the kids sending her stuff. She got busted. She gone. But here's the thing. Husband knew nothing about it. Remember I tell you about X factors. They're there. You see, a person can be insecure on certain things that they're trying to conceal from others as well. And so 
they become hyper aggressive on their posturing when it comes down to accusing people of other things or pointing the finger. These hyper masculine men. A lot of those guys have been molested by other men and don't want to face it. I had a friend of mine that had been molested multiple times growing up. And I used to always wonder why he was so angry all the time. Mad at the world. He didn't tell me directly. His girlfriend told me. He got in a fight with a dude and he almost killed him. All that rage and anger from when he couldn't do anything to protect himself as a child, all that shit came to bear on that dude. As many of you know, listen to the show. When I was about, I think, five or six, this pickup truck pulled up in front of Rexall Drugstore in Jackson, Mississippi. Several white men with baseball bats and boat oars got out the back. Me and my dad were in the car. He was in the front seat, passenger seat, I was in the back seat. My dad was blind. These guys were drinking Captain Blue Ribbon beer. They walked over to my father. The guy waved his hands in front of my father's eyes and said, well, he's fucking blind. We got a blind N-word here. And he poured the beer top my dad's head. I'm on the back seat. I'm yelling at the man to leave my dad alone. And that man grabbed me by my throat and pulled me to his face. And I'll never forget that hatred in that man's eyes. My dad was trying to get me to shut up. The only thing I could do was cry. He said something to the effect of, I should be hanging from a tree or something like that. Get your little N-word boy or something. Then he pushed me into the back seat. My mom came out of the store. Saw what was going on. She screamed. Pharmacist came out with a shotgun and ran the guys off. When I swore after that, and you have to carry that anger until you can manage it in some way. And fortunately for me, I was able to manage it because it balanced out because there were people around us who were white who didn't have those views. So I couldn't go out and say, I hate white people or anything like that. My play Aunt Kathy, white from Chicago. She was a Catholic nun. This was during the late 60s, early 70s, when my mom was working with Upward Mound at Tulu College. And what they would do is um, they would go out to get kids to get into the Upward Mound program. And also register them to vote. But see, during that time, the white folks didn't want that to happen in Mississippi. And so Kathy drove her convertible cutlass my mom sat in the passenger side, even though my mother was her boss. We got stopped by the sheriff that day. He wanted to know where were they going and who my mom was. And Kathy told him, oh, she's my housekeeper and that's her son. 
I said, I don't want you guys going out here trying to register these N-words to vote. They're where they should be, right? Where they should be. The guy we went to pick up that day, because he wanted to go to college. At his house, they didn't have windows. They had a front door. No windows in the house because they couldn't afford the glass. They had an outhouse in the back. Fields of cotton. By the plantation, it was a um, sharecropper. Just like my father grew up initially. Son of a sharecropper. Up in Greenwood, near um, Grenada, Mississippi. Over in Hope. So, It was a different world there. Totally different world from where we are today. I'm just thankful I never lost my faith in humanity. And I had to understand those people were angry because they were afraid of change. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.